right, because three is a crowd, I'm here today once again for the final time in the bunker. How exciting. Holy shit. Episode 57. It feels like we should have planned this in a more monumental way. Like, we should have done Highway 61 when we were leaving the bunker, but that's just how the random roll of the dice works. That is. Well, it's not random because we chose. It was then. It was, it was then, yeah. It's yeah. true. But then I decided to go down the lazy river into summer. I guess I didn't know that this would be the final episode, but I think I should have had it in my heart of hearts. You should have figured it out. And you know what? Fine. This is not the worst episode that we're going to have, so don't you worry. Wow. <laughs> Kelly, do you know why we're down in the bunker? We've been down here for 57, I want to say weeks, but it's been longer than 57 weeks. Do you know why we're down here? I've forgotten. We are here today because this is a Bob Dylan podcast. And we've been going every other week now for the last three months or so. We have been lazy rivering into summer. And now summer's here. Summer's here. And at, we're leaving. Well, no, no. At the end of this episode, summer's here. Summer-ish. Do not get excited. So we're stuck Keep here. your parkas on. Keep your galoshes on. If you're in the Midwest, in the, in the Pacific Northwest. It's summer when this episode is over. We are actually going to be returning next week. Yeah. For a brand new episode, and we are going to be doing it weekly, at least until December, all the way to December. <laughs> in a brand new place. In a brand new place. We don't have a name picked out for it yet. We don't even have it created yet or anything like that. So uh, you're going to be as surprised as we are. Hopefully it sounds as good. We have all the same equipment and everything like that, but we are no longer going to have to be in the bunker. And I, for one, am really stoked. I'm scared. I'm a little scared. And so. What if it's worse? Oh man, that's that's a thread I can't really follow right now. <laughs> but one thread I can follow is that I've been listening to Bob Dylan for most of my life. Kelly has heard roughly the same number of songs as the Overlander Brigade mentioned in Firefly. And this week, we are listening to Watching the River Flow from 1971. I like Firefly a lot. I like Tony a lot. But if you want to talk some deep cut facts, we're going to have to talk about Buffy. Stay tuned for our Firefly podcast at the conclusion of summer. Not true, but you can go listen to If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me right now. We've already gone to the sun. Walking to and fro beneath the moon, out to where the trucks are rolling slow. Sit down on this bank of sail and watch the river flow. Alright, Kelly, we listened to the final song of our lazy rivering into summer. I still don't know how to say this. I mean, thing I feel like built. I threw a fun time in there. I like to throw a fun time. So maybe it was lazy river, fun time slide into summer. That is wonderful, and I wish that we put that on the poster board. And you know what? Once we get to the new place, every time we have a theme, we're putting up a fucking poster. So we, can so we can't forget. <laughs> Kelly, we listened to Watching the River Flow from 1971. It was released as a sing- single. It was a part of Bob Dylan's Greatest Hits Volume 2, uh, famous for not having any hits on it. And Really? Yeah, it was just hits by other people. Oh. It was just, why? Why, is this, why does this exist? It's a great question. And... What did you think about it? Uh, I liked it. It was weird. His it is weird. Voice specifically 
what? That was not a Bob Dylan voice. But yeah. it was like a straight up blues song. Hello, friend. This is a blues song. I know. It's really nice. Like oh, electrified blues, obviously. We listened to a little bit. Um, so for a little bit of context here, I guess. We listened to, um, I think we listened to a George Harrison and Bob Dylan playing together. Yeah, bootleg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was literally a, less than a year before that. So that's countryfied twang Bob Dylan, who is now looking for a new sound. So that's where we're at right now with this. But I think he finds it. And then he says, no, thank you. And does Planet Waves instead. And it goes back to the band and, and follows down that path. So this was like a weird moment in time where we could have a very different type of Bob Dylan, but we do not. This song was actually recorded in Blue Rock Studios in New York, March 16th through the 18th, 1971. He recorded this with another great song called uh, When I Paint My Masterpiece. Um, it, they were produced by Leon Russell, um, who has been around the block. He he's he has over 30 albums himself. He's been covered by every single person under the sun. Um, the fact that he would work with him is one thing, but he never really developed that big of a like a deep connective bond. Um, after after New Morning which uh, came out in 1970, he didn't want to work with Bob Johnston anymore. Bob Johnston, who had been his producer since um, Blonde on Blonde and even into um, some of Highway 61. So he'd been working with him for a long time with a lot of success. And now he wanted to kind of change his sound. So he went to Leon Russell, who passed away in 2016, unfortunately. Um, And this was Dylan's last collaboration producer-wise with Leon Russell. Um, Although Russell would play bass on... Uh, another single, George Jackson, which would come out in 1971, uh, in November of 1971, which is another not a part of an album sort of thing uh, that we'll listen to later on. And they did tour together in 2011. So it's not like they weren't friends or like colleagues or existing in the same world, but they didn't ever collaborate again like that. Russell assembled uh, a backing band, which is very different than a lot of uh, other Bob Dylan backing bands in that there's only really two songs. Uh, they did also two covers that we'll get into a little bit later as we talk about the the rest of this, uh, as we go through the rest of this episode. But he, he assembled uh, Carl, Ray, Carl Raydell on bass, Jesse Ed Davis on guitar, and Jim Kelter on the drums. I think Jim Kelter has been, has been part of Bob Dylan stuff before, I think from... Uh, he might have been the drummer on John Wesley Harding. I don't actually remember. Rolling Stone was actually there reporting on the sessions uh, and said that this song in particular um, was, quote, written and cut during the Russell Dylan jams at Dylan's New York studio. So this was something that they were just playing around with, and Dylan just wrote the song while there. He might have been toying with it. We never can tell, but um, according to Rolling Stone, that's the case. It peaked at number 41 as a single. Uh, it was never put on a record. It was put on The Greatest Hits Volume 2. It's been played live 500 times as of this recording exactly. The first time was in El Paso, Texas in 1978. So this was seven years after he recorded it because he just forgot he did it. And and then there was another gap from 78 all the way to 1987 in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, And then he played it extensively after that. Uh, The last time he played it was uh, July 15th, 2014 in Sweden. And again, this could change based on where you are in time. But it's a long-lasting song, and it's not a bad song. You know, I mean, I, I think you can see how it could be a, a song that progresses, you know, from this blues rock. You could easily, the way Bob Dylan does, he just can turn it on its head and make it into a croony song, turn it on its head, make it into an acoustic song, turn it again. Um, so he's got that, it, it's a robust song. I think that it really works on a lot of levels because it's very simple. 
at the end of the day, it's a really simple song. Oh, yeah. It's really weird that this is not on an album, and yet it got so much play. Although I guess it's not necessarily one's a prerequisite for the other, but... Yeah. And it's also, when you're dealing with an artist that's so prolific, it's it's fun to hear the facts of how often he's played things, because... I want to know his thought behind picking and choosing the ones that he does. And we've had a couple of those weird ones. I mean, this is like, you can find this now on the sidetracks on Spotify, but we've had up to me has been a, has been a classic example of like a great song that never made it onto an album and is just kind of tossed away. Uh, and this is a, is another one, you know, he, he does do this. Um, but this was almost like looking for a new direction up to me. was kind of just a demo that he was doing during blood on the tracks. This is like very unique. Uh, there's not a lot of moments where Dylan's like, I'm just going to step out of my comfort zone and do this stuff. And uh, Columbia was super into it. So they did a whole ad campaign with, uh, they took out a whole page in like Billboard and like the New York Times or something with Bob Dylan holding like a camera to his eyes. And it's like a unique single from, mm. you know, a singularly unique artist or whatever. I mean, it's, it wouldn't be so strange in the, the era of EPs. You have records where you only have one max two tracks aside. Yeah. It makes sense to just like I'm gonna release a song. True, true. And it, singles were a big thing, and they you could easily measure singles by people fucking buying them. Yeah, Whereas sure. now it's harder because you listen to singles on a computer. Um, so it's a way different world. But yeah, I think that's a a lot of it. And I think um, they really hyped up the sound, and a lot of uh, reviewers too said the old Bob Dylan is back. Hmm. And that's what kind of got me because I don't think this sounds like. I mean, I don't have the the knowledge you do, obviously, but like. I don't think it sounds like old Bob Dylan. No, but in a way, it kind of like harkens back a little bit to even Highway 61, if we could take that as our latest example. There's okay. a, there is a yeah. fastness to this. Whereas like we've listened to all of John Wesley Harding. Right. And that doesn't have any of that. Um, you've heard even the intro to Sound in the Window. Probably heard a little bit more than you should have. And you've been punished for that already. But, <laughs> but like, you know, he's not going in that direction at all. Right. So it's like. The the furthest back I think you can go is probably Highway 61. And that's, a little that's bit a of Blonde good, on Blonde. I'm glad you mentioned that because, yeah, there's the honky-tonk piano that's in mm-hmm. this is for sure. Like, that's on Highway 61 for sure. Yeah. Uh, the I mean, this is a really competent song. Yeah, it's uh, really good. The guitar is great. The bass is good. The piano is good. Uh, but the drums is pretty plain other than some fills towards the end of each of the, the end of the verses, I guess. But um, Yeah, I think it's pretty plain. That's the, a good his voice is what fucking trips me out because mm-hmm. – I don't think I would clock this as Bob Dylan. I've heard a lot of iterations of his voice at this point. And this one's a new one, somehow, still. Yeah, it's like in the in between um, Nobody Stepped You, you know, which is just a little bit before um, Planet Ways and a little bit before. Yeah, so I mean, Planet Ways, we listen to the whole thing of that too. This is right in that in between of Planet Waves and like Sign on the Window, the song. But also, Sign on the Window, I think you would just go back to John Wesley Harding. John Wesley Harding over here planet waves is over here and here's dylan in the middle that there's not a through line to that this this weird dylan stuff even when i paint my masterpiece the song it's a beautiful song but it's kind of a dirge it's a slower song way more atmospheric than this this is like a blues rock song that comes out of fucking nowhere it has no context with anything else that he's done nor is it going to have context with anywhere that he's going until probably 1997 (laughs) you know it's really, it's really bizarre. It's a weird mix of a song. And I think that is what makes it interesting to listen to, but also makes it maddening in a way where I'm, I have not listened to this this often. And so it was really fun for me to listen over the course of two weeks, like to constantly get it because I don't really know it. I don't know. His voice 
for some reason really trips me up because I'm pretty good at clocking people by their voice. Even if they're doing like an accent, I can still sometimes know it's that person. Mm. And this was just the tonal quality of it. He was doing this like mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah. that he doesn't do. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what is it? Who are you, sir? It's a new Bob Dylan, but I, it's the same Bob Dylan. I know, but then if he never goes back to it, what a, a strange thing to adopt. I mean, but then maybe it's not so strange. Maybe he's like, what if I do instead of sing my normal way? Yeah. And I think a lot of people have a lot of takes on this on this song in particular. Um, in that, I mean, like the very first line, you know, what's the matter with me? I don't have much to say. It's almost like I'm just here to give a blog update on a blog that's been absent for like years. <laughs> and I'm just updating you to say hello, but I don't know what to say. So I'll just tell you about my one day today and have it be an encapsulation of the last couple of years. I don't know if I really buy that in general, but let's kind of get into that. I mean, what do you... What do you think about the song? What do you think about, like, what is he saying? What's what's going on? I think this is a pretty straightforward blues song in that it's like a hard luck protagonist kind of spending his money at that all night cafe. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just reflecting on, like, the world's messed up and everything's tough. And, and you know, at least the the river's there. Like, for better or worse, there's this, this constant, ever-moving, ever-flowing, mm-hmm. apathetic thing that... Yeah. The matter what you do is gonna always be there. So I think that's that's all it is. Like there's like yeah, things are fucked up, but the river's there. Uh, I do want to s- mention the beginning of the song, which I thought was pretty interesting because it stops. Mm-hmm. Song just stops, and then we do it again. So I almost wonder if it's like that was intentional. Like the first verse is supposed to be the end, kind of thing. Because yeah. I'm convinced that. Paul Bob Dylan songs, <laughs> the first few verses are not at the beginning. Right, that's right. That's uh, but right. I, I do wonder if that was purposeful and that is like, hmm. just because the song, while there isn't a whole lot of narrative fiction storytelling yeah. going on, um, it is like a reflection of like the world's crazy. When I was back, like, wish I was back in the city, like he's reflecting upon his whole life. Mm-hmm. But the very first verse is like, what's the matter with me? I don't have much to say. So for me, it's like, He's gone through this whole thing where he's reflected on his whole life and everything. It's like, well, I mean, whatever. The river's there. Yeah. So I wonder if maybe that's why the song s- starts with, that's it. That's all I got to say is this nothing. And then we go back to, that well, gets, okay, well, here's the song. Here's where I got here. Yeah. Well, that's a great, I mean, that's a great take, actually. I mean, that kind of gets back to Dylan, you know, at, whenever you do stuff like that, you're like, damn, you're a fucking genius. That's genius. <laughs> because almost, yeah, it's like, oh, well, I'm here. I wrote a I wrote a, um, a one paragraph blog post. Yeah. Well, and then I've, oh, it turns out I actually maybe I've got some I got some creative writing. I, maybe I'll just tack it on the end, just a postscript, and then it's the rest of the song. Well, That's not a bad. <laughs> I focus mostly on that. The I'm on this all night cafe thing. I yeah. feel, feel like he's up in this place thinking about his whole life, and then then we get mm-hmm. the story of there's my life. Yeah, I think that this song probably also makes a lot more sense when you've heard New Morning and. Um, New Morning's the one that's on the windows on, right? This is what's on the windows on and uh, Nashville Skyline. I think uh, the trilogy of John Wesley, Nashville Skyline, and this, or the New Morning, uh, I think makes a lot more sense with this because all of that is very pastoral. We've listened to John Wesley Harding. It's definitely sort of reflecting a, another lifestyle, another past, a different way to live. Uh, this is still Sarah's Western. Yeah, but also just like I'm gonna, you know, frontier. Go, you know, rain, catch rainbow trout and mm-hmm. have all my kids, and 
you know, going to live in Utah and everything's going to be fine. You know, simple it's life. The simple life. And so, like, in a way, this makes a lot of sense because it's almost a, a meta reflection upon the simple life. Um, in that I'm sitting by the river, you know, the river's flowing and it's going there constantly. And that's just what I'm doing. And so I think, I think when we get to new morning and stuff like that, I think it makes a lot more sense. I don't have that context. And yeah, exactly. So I, I think, <laughs> I think in, in that way, then what we can talk about, what I think a little bit is that I think you hit it right on the nail on the head. It's like nature is unmoving. Nature cares not about your problems. And so when Bob sits down to, to listen to the river, it's constantly going, but that can also be, I mean, today that makes a lot more sense with like information and culture constantly going by so fast. It didn't have that breakneck speed in 1971, but I'm sure it still felt like, you know, what's in today is out tomorrow. And it just, you know, that's always been the way, especially since post-war culture has just been one fad after the other, after the other. And I think it's almost commenting on that in a little bit of a way. It's like, here's classic blues music. I'm singing about you know, the world that is seemingly passing me by that I'm supposed to be some sort of a fixture in. But in the end, you know, I might be trying to get onto it because he's, he's certainly not, not participating. Like he's not in the river. He's not trying to be the river. He just acknowledges the river basically he like sees it there. And it's like, man, that's, it's just, it's going, it's just not going to stop. So like whatever I do, I mean, I can just get into it or not into it. And so it's almost like a tease, like, oh, hey, I'm Bob Dylan and um, maybe putting my foot in the pool. Maybe not. See you in a couple of years. You know, it's like, am I going to release a record that's like this? You know, am I going to do this or not? Hmm. Who knows? Here's just a single. Wet your appetite and let's see if I follow through or don't. Spoiler alert, I don't. So, but I'm sure if I was a fan of Bob Dylan and I listened to the song, I'd probably be like, oh, fuck, we're getting a record of, you know, blues tunes like this. This is going to be really great. And then it's like, oh, no, we're we're, we're not going to hear from you for years. Okay, that's fine. That's fine, too. Cool. Yeah, so I think it's it's kind of, I think it's wrapped up in that, but it's also so far gone from us now that what do you even do? I mean, it's just another Bob Dylan song in a way. And I think because it's just another Bob Dylan song, I think that it suffers a little. I don't think it's that great. I don't think it really works on any other level i think he's such an album artist for me that when you have a song that's not a part of an album it really takes a lot um there's you a song don't have those touchdowns that context though. yeah because he doesn't do it that often and so the ones that he does george jackson i did mention before are not great they're not they're not memorable they're not really great songs um i think things have changed is probably the one from 2000 um, that stands out to me as like no context, not part of an album, but part of a movie soundtrack. So that's a little different too. Um, so it has, a, that actually does have more context than this does, which is truly random and out there. So I don't know. I don't know. It just, for me, it just doesn't really work. I see it more as like a meditation on like, you know, creativity and imagination. You know, it's sort of like, what am I doing here? I wish I was back in the city, but I'm in the country. I'm reflecting on all of the stuff I said about catching rainbow trout and being in Utah and living with my five kids and my family and my wife. But yet I don't really have much to say, but I'm not really mad about that. But maybe you're mad about that. So maybe I should say something. So I'm going to stop the song and I'm going to come back and mm-hmm. give it my best shot. It's kind of how I saw it, you know, because there's a couple of lines. Uh, I mean, one line in particular I found really funny is when he said, if I had wings and I could fly. I was like, as opposed to wings that don't work, like you just have wings <laughs> and like you can't fly. That was really weird. But um, Daniel, chickens exist. Oh, Emu exists. Oh, Ostriches exist. Wow. Penguins Didn't... exist. 
Or damn, didn't mean to like. A lot of winged, non flying mm. birds. Just dodos don't exist. They don't. No. Didn't mean to throw all those great and honorable animals under the bus. Although a bus would definitely do it for all of them, I think. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I mean. The ostrich would probably fuck up your bus That's a little true. bit. That's true. The ostrich is probably the only one. But the ostrich would probably, like, gallivant out of the way easily. Like, whoop, I'm at done. once majestic and horribly dorky. Uh, and I'll be dorky <laughs> if I'm getting out of a bus's way. Um, and there's a line uh, in the third verse, no matter what gets in the way, in which way the, wor- the wind does blow, uh, and as long as it does, I'll just sit here and watch the river flow. That really, to me, like gets to that, like it'll continue no matter what. So even with the wind blowing, the times they are changing, um, blowing in the wind. I mean, I think he's evoking Dude his old wind. self. He likes wind, but I think he's he's meta commenting on himself. No matter which way the winds blow, the times they are changing, all of that stuff. He is still going to, um, in the end, after it all, he'll come back from tour. He'll sit down, and the river's just going to keep flowing. Do you take that into listening to the song? Like, do you take that this is Bob Dylan talking about Bob Dylan into the song when you hear it? I do now with yeah. this. Um, no, if I was listening to this before, I would see this more as like just a just a song about a river. Yeah, because I whenever well, I well, not listen, really about the river. It's yeah. just like the river as a metaphor for life. I see it always as a metaphor with Dylan. Yeah, I don't I don't take anything at face value. So yeah, I would I would see it that way. Okay, but. But you can you can take some contextual clues and try to build something, and that's really what we do. I mean, Murder Bob is completely our own creation. I've no one else on the internet sees what we see. We well, take the strings and we put it all together. We know. I just for me, like I don't take his career into oh. any of the songs I listen to. So mm-hmm. that's why I was like asking about well, that. But you also don't know his career right. and his life, right? Yeah, that's why I like. Uh, that's why I was curious because mm-hmm. I have the distinct. Maybe advantage sometimes, maybe not other times of I think advantage, yeah. hearing it for the first time. So I don't really take any shit of his specifically into any of it. And I feel like Bob, at this moment, if he really wrote that in the studio, I think this fits into our pull up SoundCloud, hit record and just make a song mm-hmm. and do it because it's like I'm just going to make a really personal song right now and going to try to get a hook here and we'll see how it goes. And it might end up being a hit, might not. But I don't think he has much to say, as he said. Yeah, I this, don't have much to say. Well, this probably won't ever be a song that I would go back to. But not having anything to bring to it, I kind of like. like I, you know, as I like somebody who doesn't like get fired up often about stuff, just because I try to be somebody who's not super opinionated, because I think that kind of stymies your ability to hear other people mm-hmm. if you're like when you're going in. So I, do, I try to do my best to not let that happen, yeah. even if I might. Have got like knee jerk kind of reactions to things. I try really not to. So for him to be like, no matter what gets in the way and which way the wind blows, as long as, as it does, I'll just sit here and I'll watch the river flow. Like, I mean, it's for me. It's also a, it is a peaceful yeah. concept, and I like this because you could take it either it. way, right? You could take it like hmm? doesn't fucking matter. The world's on fire. The, the river's still going to do whatever it wants, or you could take it as like no matter how bad it gets, the river's still going to be here. And, and I like that. Change like will that. still. Like it's ever, it's ever happening. It's going to happen, going. whether or not you agree or disagree, or it's going to happen. And I like that because I, I feel mm-hmm. like that's kind of how I try to live my life is in that middle. 
to a point, like we've been over the the, the line is Nazis. Like we, there is a line, yes. but like I other than that, I try to hear people. Yeah, and if you get too far on one side or the other of the river, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to hear it anymore. No, I because then like. you're you're not fording the river anymore. The river is fording you, <laughs> and then you are. Don't be forded. No, <laughs> and then of course dysentery will happen, but. While dysentery is happening, you will be swept down the Missouri. And you just and can't carry die. that much bison. No. No, you shouldn't have Sorry, bison class. at all. <laughs> First and foremost, how did you get that bison? Yeah. What is happening? Yeah, no, I, I like that. I mean, for me, that's personally how I um, – looking at it in a Dylan context, that's kind of how I read it. I think that's the more – that's how people feel. Like uh, Grau Marcus, our friend from the Words and uh, Guitars Slater Kinney podcast – also was featured uh, guests on the Bob Dylan podcast. Uh, he said, quote, I'll just sit here and watch the river flow. Well, that's certainly a boring idea. It's the implicit message of just about everything James Taylor has ever written. Yikes. I mean, true. True. And also, <laughs> like, shade thrown. And, and what he does is certainly elevate that, I think. But I think it's only elevated to me, honest to God, because of the sound. Leon Russell, I think, brings something that Dylan has not had. And does not have again in some way. People disagree in every way you look. Makes you want to stop and read a book. Well, only yesterday I saw somebody on the street that was uh, really shook. It's a, it's a good song. Again, I won't go back to it, but that's the the best the best and worst thing I can say about the song is it's completely competent. It's a competent song. It's a good blues rock song. It just is what it is. It is what it is, and I think we just need to let it let it lie and keep the river running. Um, as Bob looks out from. The bank of sand. Mm-hmm. What does he see? He sees you and I. We're just hey, lazy river floating on down. We didn't need to ford the river. We're not fording anything. We don't have any bison. We're just riding on down the river. And you know where the destination is? Summer. 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 It's coming. We're almost there. We heard so close. Kelly, before we get into going back to a weekly podcast in our new podcast home which we will let you know all about when we finally get it next week we were also people in the world we have been trying to find this place we have been really behind culture behind the world so we're trying to catch up just like you guys so these are going to be a little bit older suggestions but probably where our head's at not only with the world around us but also with uh this song in particular kelly what were you doing uh, these last two weeks that are going to lead us into our weekly jaunt through to winter. I guess I just TM'd it right there. John- our <laughs> weekly jaunt to winter. <laughs> just when because you thought summer was... Fuck fall. <laughs> Even though it's like my favorite season. I mean, it's a long jaunt. Jaunting implies, you know, you're kind of taking oh, a little man. bit of a... We will jaunt. We will be jaunted which is the uh, past tense of jaunt. We will, we will be jaunted in winter before you fucking know it. So let that be let that be known A, it'll be raining again fucking soon here. It's true. B, what were you doing? That's more of what I want to know. 
Yeah, you know, for somebody who co-hosts a podcast about music and listens to a lot of music, I am really bad about recommending music. I think it's just because I build playlists and I don't really listen to albums so much anymore. Give us a playlist. What's your playlist of choice? Man, I don't know. That you want to share with the world? Oh, I made one that's like sad music for good times. Okay. That's like... Can you search that by sad music for good times? I mean, possibly. It's like circa 2004, I'm an angsty teenager okay, music. This is, this is good. This it's is good. not good. We need but... We need the info. We need it to be public. So, yeah, if you're ever feeling bad. What's on it? What's on it? We got some garbage on there. We got some, um, yeah, a little bit of Nine Inch Nails. Some okay. Nordazir. A little bit of Kate Nash. Ben Poole's album Leaf. I mean, it really runs the gamut. And if you weren't me, you probably don't care about this but shit. But you can find that where? On Spotify. Sad yeah. Music for Good Times. Sad Music for Good Times. Boom. That'll also be linked at our website. Also, I've been rewatching Archer. So, there you go. <laughs> Is it any good the second time around? Or? Yeah, I'm okay. liking it so far. Yeah. I mean, like. I stopped after, I think, Archer Vice, and I don't think I continued on. Well, that's the thing. Like, I stopped after that, too, and I was like, oh, shit. They're only like season eight. Now. I know. They're still going. Yeah. So, I wanted to to watch it because yeah. I haven't seen it since Archer Vice, and I was like, I kind of need to go back because I don't remember anything that happened. So, I was like, fuck it, I'll just restart it. But I was waiting to Adam Reed shit back in Frisky yeah, Dingo that's days, right, man. That's right. So, My God, I forgot all about that. Fucking Frisky Dingo. Woo! Frisky Dingo stand. One of our first uh, gags was uh, doing the... Phrasing. Phrasing. Yeah. That was one of our first things. Yeah. We haven't used phrasing in a long time. Frisky Dingo, man. Frisky Dingo. Yeah. How much Frisky Dingo? It's, it's only two seasons, and it's like 20 episodes. That's like another world. Go for the gusto, America. Ah. So good. good. Okay. <laughs> I I will recommend a few records quick and then a bigger one. One, War on Women, Capture the Flag. Amazing record. Have you listened to it? No. What are you doing? John Prine, uh, definitely someone we'll have to do on a mix of confusion uh, down the road. We've listened to. Yeah, we've listened to. God, I don't remember. Uh, Tree of Forgiveness just came out. God, I mean, it's been like two months now. But it's another one of those if you die tomorrow kind of records. I mean, it's like a Leonard Cohen type, David Bowie. Uh, Glenn Campbell. Yeah. And so the final the final song, When I Get to Heaven, is really beautiful and is like uh, reminiscing on wanting to see his parents and seeing his brother and seeing his aunts. And um, and the chorus is, uh, is about him, you know, taking a drink and having a cigarette that's nine miles long. And it's just John Prine being really funny and wonderful and – it's so nice. Egg and Daughter Night, Lincoln, Nebraska, 1967, Crazy Bones. Like, what a great song title. That's and one That's song? one song, yeah. Oh, Egg and Daughter Night, Lincoln, Nebraska, 1967, parentheses, Crazy Bones. And he is just, he's just cutting a rug, man. It's so nice. I love John Prine, and he's so old, and he had, like, throat surgery, and his voice sounds different than it used to before, but it's so lovely, and... I highly recommend that. And another person that I just found out about, his name is Charlie Crockett, Lonesome as a Shadow. He is definitely like a, like a country artist, but like he's got this soul wing with like trumpets and shit going on. Like kind of want to see him really bad. Um, this came out, I think, in April, at the end of April. Uh, I Want to Cry, Lonesome as a Shadow, Sad and Blue. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, if you're ready, Kelly, let's pick the next song. <gasps> just kidding. 
Oh, Just it's been so long. I know, but we have this plan that we set up a long time ago before we took the lazy river into summer. But I think you guys out there are going to appreciate this. We are going to be going back to weekly episodes. Not just weekly, though. We are going to have two episodes a week, a mixed-up confusion. Oh, my God. Along with, I know. So we are apologizing for the last oh my God. couple of weeks where we haven't been around. But we are going to a brand-new space. No more bunker. Committal space where we get to put our mics away and just keep them there. Keep them there, and we can just hang out, and we can we can give you guys more – of what you guys want, which is more podcast and more, uh, more music and more talk, and that's what we're gonna do. So instead of uh, instead of like picking randomly and sort of going down that road, we had this idea from a long time ago that I want to follow up on, which is that we're going to listen to songs by Bob Dylan that have music videos. Now there's a lot of them, so we'll probably ride this train at least two or three times down the road because he does have more music videos than I think we realize. But what we're gonna do is listen to one music video. Or one song. We're going to listen to the song, do a regular episode, and then we're going to listen, watch the music video. Then we're going to watch the music video, and we're going to do a mix of confusion about the music video. Uh, we were going to do this way back in April before we set out to find the new place. So uh, that journey has finally taken us to where we are now. The bi-weekly is over. We're excited to go back to weekly. But to give you guys a treat, we're going to do some, some songs that are going to have some great – a lot of great stuff to it. So we want to give you guys a treat. Um, if you didn't like the Lazy River into summer, don't worry. Summer is here. And now you can sit back and watch Bob Dylan on your TV screen. Yeah. Not here because we were on just the radio. Um, Are we still going to – do you want to ramble? Because our Patreon people at patreon.com slash pod, they probably want to listen to them. That's true. We're definitely going to ramble. Okay, good. But that's so three episodes a week. Oh well, sure. Just for the time being. Gotcha. Is it? Was that all? Was that your question? Yeah. Okay. Anyways, next week. <laughs> next week we're going to be listening to exactly what you think we're going to be listening to, which is subterranean homesick, homesick blues. blues. I knew it before you said it because the cards thing. Yeah, and also we've talked about this before, so we are going to be doing that because that is obviously the most classic. Uh, Bob Dylan, one of the most, most classic songs, but also his most classic mu- music video, arguably the first music video. We'll get into all of that next week. But in the meantime, we are, of course, online, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram at SOTWpod.com. As you heard before, we are on Patreon.com slash SOTWpod where you can get just everything you could possibly ever want from us. So I recommend going to that website. I recommend going to Patreon and giving us a couple bucks and listening to everything that we have. And Just if you want to get one bucks, is one fine. bucks is fine. And if you want it, you'll get the episodes early. You're going to get so much extra cool stuff, and hopefully more extra cool stuff as we keep going along. Especially now that we have our own place and we're getting out of the fucking bunker. It's hard to overstate how excited we are, everybody. We're out of the bunker. We're doing subterranean homesick blues, which is ironic because we're leaving the bunker and now and no we're talking will be about the subterranean. Home. I know, and we don't really have the homesick blues, but maybe we'll be sad when we leave. We'll miss the bunker. Mm, maybe. I doubt it. I really fucking doubt it. I hope not. If you can hear all the doors slamming and people jangling keys, you know this is not great. Got spurs that jingle, jingle, jingle. <laughs> Thanks, Marty Robbins. There we go. All right. We'll see you from who knows. If you have any ideas for what the new place should be with absolutely no knowledge of where it's going to be. 
First new Patreon subscriber gets to name our new recording space. Holy shit. Gauntlet thrown. <laughs> Let's do it. Give a dollar. We'll name, name a space. It. Yeah. You can be edgy, but don't be gross. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, first person, you name the space. This is Dangerous Game. We'll see you next week. Holy shit. For the first time in a long time. Next week. Yeah. Kelly, see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye, Bunker. Bye.